CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. The story that continues to dominate the headlines is, of course, COVID-19. And now there's the added concern about the virus mutating. But as our medical specialist, Avis Favreau, reports, in this new year, there is new hope that vaccines will stop the pandemic. A mammoth task is underway. I'm left-handed, yeah. Oh, All right, you'll feel a little poke. And with one job. And we're in. Protection and hope. We have been waiting for this for so long. Scenes like this have buoyed Canadians. Again, that plane represents hope for 2021. And while most people will wait for months, an end may be near. This is a big deal, Mr. Speaker. It is a good news day for Canadians. With remarkable speed, vaccines that previously took 10 years to develop have won approval in just 10 months. It's been a global experiment of scientific collaboration. And 24-year-old Yasser Batalvi signed up in a big way. I said, what do you think is actually going to happen? And they said, we really actually don't know. It could be anything. It could be anything from nothing at all to death. But Talvi is a Canadian student in Boston and an unsung hero in this pandemic, among the first in the world to volunteer for the Moderna vaccine trial. I think it's so critical for minorities to be part of this study. This pandemic has affected minorities so disproportionately. There are tens of thousands of people who are going to trial this vaccine, um, eventually so that billions of people around the world can use it. While most Canadians are still waiting for their shot, he's had two doses. The first shot was last October, the second a month later. And today, he returned to the hospital so that scientists can see how his immune system is reacting. Apply some pressure there. The response after the first dose was basically like what someone would expect when they get a flu shot. It was a small prick when you're injected with it, and then afterwards your arm kind of goes sore. It dissipated in about a day. For the second dose, things were a little bit more significant. I ran a low-grade fever, had chills, muscle aches, the stiffness in the arm, just general fatigue. I mean, I felt tired. It was rough. I stayed in bed, I think, that whole evening. Concerned, Yasser called the trial hotline. I said, I feel pretty terrible. They said, okay, you're fine. Um, don't be alarmed. This is part of the regular course of potential side effects that some people in these trials experience. Uh, it basically means that your body, this is what they told me, is mounting an immune response. Yeah, you're all set to head out. Some people will take this risk so that others may be able to know later on whether or not this vaccine has been effective and, and whether it's been uh, you know, safe. And we need that data. W5 has been tracking this pandemic since its earliest days. Documenting scenes like this, a ghost town in Wuhan, China, ground zero of this virus. Today we got a nice little piece of paper that states we cannot leave our building unless we have a government-approved letter. 
No one is allowed to go out. Then last March in Switzerland, we went to see the World Health Organization's headquarters in Geneva to meet the Canadian doctor leading the COVID-19 mission in China. This is epidemic coronavirus. It's a different animal and uh, it behaves differently. You know, there's certain mathematics to infectious disease outbreaks. In those early weeks, Dr. Bruce Allward could see the challenge ahead. Vaccines are tricky. We don't have a vaccine against HIV, and we've been at it for a long time. Now, coronavirus is a different kind of uh, uh, virus. It's more stable. We should be able to uh, do this. But we've been working for decades on vaccines. Then came months of speculation. Many people warn us that vaccines can take, in many cases, years to develop. But we don't know where or if that breakthrough will come. We think we're going to have a vaccine in the pretty near future. And if we do, we're going to really be a, a big step ahead. And if we don't, it'll go away. At some point, it'll go away. Vaccines have a long history of stopping disease and saving lives. From the first injections that ended smallpox to those that stopped rabies, diphtheria, even polio. The new vaccines stimulate production by the body of billions of protective antibodies which build a wall between children and dread polio. And that's why when this pandemic hit, scientists around the world went to work. We've seen coronaviruses before, but is this different? We had no idea that we were going to see a pandemic of a coronavirus like this. There was no way of predicting it. Dr. Allison McGeer is an infectious disease warrior at Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto. She has spent her career trying to understand viruses. What's distinctive about this disease, it starts as a viral infection, and then it evolves into something that appears to be primarily an immune system disease. We haven't seen another infection like it. The problem, of course, is the number of people who get infected. That's why, despite overwhelming odds, governments kept investing in science and in hope. The alternative was deadly. Are the vaccines the way to get us out of the mess that we're in? Vaccines, I think, are the only way to get us out of the mess that we're in. Mapping the DNA of the virus started the race last January. Within days, hundreds of vaccines were in development. Behind the scenes, Canada's procurement minister, Anita Anand, and her team were following very closely. The public health agency, did they give you a list of 20 or did they give you a list of two and then it grew? They provided us with a tier one set of companies, remembering at the time that there were upwards of 200 companies seeking to produce a vaccine. We had no idea which vaccine would be successful, which horse would cross the finish line first. Anand used her skills as a contract lawyer to get the deals done. Have you ever done deals this big? I don't think so. This is the most important job I have ever done in my life. When did you get the call, here's the money, go? Well, this was in July. We were staying up all night. We were working on weekends. We were speaking many times at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night to make sure that we could execute these deals. 
We knew that the global competition for vaccines was intense. We knew that every country wanted to get in line with these companies. And so we decided to move very quickly. The spend would be enormous, a billion dollars for over 400 million doses. It was quite clear, given our priorities, that I needed to do whatever it took to prioritize Canada's access to vaccines. The strategy was to make sure we had access to effective vaccines that were safe for Canadians. They have 10 doses per, per person. Awesome! Okay, this is what you need, okay? You have to have more than you need because you don't know whether one or more of them are gonna fail. It doesn't sound cost effective. If it gets us our lives back, it is cost effective. It is definitely cost effective. Canada made deals with seven companies. Each of the vaccines teach our immune system to fight off the coronavirus and one is revolutionary. It's called messenger RNA, and it uses bits of genetic code to tell our cells to produce the protective antibodies. And a Vancouver lab had a big part in its success. In January of this year, we realized that our technology could play a critical role in the development of a vaccine. Thomas Madden is a biochemist and one of the world's leading experts in nanotechnology. He runs Acuitas, and for the past decade, his small team has been developing this tool that's now getting its moment to shine. Our technology uses lipid nanoparticles to um, protect very sensitive molecules that we want to use as, as drugs, as therapeutics. Simply put, it's a liquid bubble that surrounds the messenger RNA, allowing it to enter our cells and start building immunity. We're providing uh, a message um, to our cells to allow them uh, to make a protein found on the surface of the virus. Um, and when our cells make this protein, uh, it's recognized by our immune system, which develops a protective response. Acuitas quickly received big contracts with Pfizer and with CureVac, the company backed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We saw a unique role for us. Uh, we've been funding a lot of the research for the vaccines. We know where the science is. We know how the pieces need to come together. mRNA vaccines, which the first two are, our foundation and others have been backing for quite some time. At the University of Guelph, viral immunologist Byron Bridal is also part of the race. So these are the uh, cell cultures with the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, I just wanted to check what temperatures you're gonna be running the PCR. While he's developing a vaccine with his team, he's also looking at this intense global push with a critical eye. The level of manufacturing that we're looking at is unprecedented in human history. A global vaccination strategy has never been attempted before. We've never seen, you know, 90 plus percent um, effectiveness for any of these historical vaccines. We've seen very, very little data. The confidence that any scientist can have in, in judging the quality of a vaccine is, is directly proportional to the amount of data that we have to, to back that up. Why do we need so many? Because typically the success rate in research can be relatively low. The first ones to get approved may or may not be the best vaccines. It is a massive global experiment to stop a moving target 
because viruses not only spread, they change too. This virus evolves uh, and changes over time, and we've seen uh, different variants emerge. The question is, what is their significance? And as scientists frantically chase new answers, vaccines are rolling out. Canada's vaccines are arriving. My heart is in my throat because I need to make sure that we have the contracts in place and we have the vaccines coming into Canada. Procurement Minister Anita Anand was there to see hundreds of thousands of doses rolling in. And I was able to go to the airport to meet the plane and to see the doses come off the plane. I was overwhelmed with this sense of these are the things that will save lives in this country. Dr. Barry Nathanson has seen the heartbreak of COVID-19 up close. It's not easy work, but it is powerful. And it does lead to emotions and there are tears. As the medical director of the intensive care unit at South Lake Regional Health Centre in Newmarket, he's witnessed how this disease knocks people down. Leaving them weaker than they ever imagined. There are cases that make me see that that could be me or mine or someone close to me. W5 embedded with his team last April. Now, months later, he and his critical care staff are getting their vaccine. They're part of the first wave to protect those who need it most. How was that? I'm ready whenever you are. Okay. <laughs> the race to stop COVID-19 was triggered just days after its genetic code was cracked. Desperate to stop the worldwide loss of life and economic fallout, scientists worked around the clock. Over 200 vaccines are in production, and one of the seven that Canada has ordered is made in Quebec. Today, I can announce that we are investing $214 million for made in Canada vaccines. And most of that investment was to Medicago. They make vaccines out of plants. And Natalie Charlotte heads the medical science team behind that development. They jumped into action back in January of last year. In 20 days after we got the sequence, we were able to have our first vaccine candidate, so that was great. They took the DNA and designed a particle that looks like that spiky coating on the coronavirus, but isn't infectious. The company has a recipe for letting plants take the code and grow billions of viral copies. The leaves are actually their own factory. Yes, exactly. They have this capacity to generate the virus-like particle into the plant leaves for about a week. And then we harvest the plant leaves, we cut them into pieces, we prepare what we call a green soup. That green soup is then purified and virus-like particles are extracted and put into a vaccine. 
Their data shows that when tested in people, 100% produced the right antibodies needed to stop viral infection. So it's really the immune response that we have shown. We have cells from the immune system also being stimulated, not only the antibodies, but also cells of the immune system that might be uh, very important to protect against the virus. With construction already underway, Medicago's vaccine could be the first manufactured in Canada in decades. Is there an advantage to a Canadian made in Canada vaccine? We've seen at the beginning of the of the pandemic, uh, you know, the issues around you know border closures or, you know, uh, countries not willing to to uh, to send material uh, outside of their country. Everybody now sees the importance of having a Canadian-made technology. Medicago's future now depends on the 30,000 people some of whom will be Canadian, who volunteer for their next phase of trials. And if results are positive, Canada has ordered 76 million doses, and this vaccine could roll out by the summer. How long do you think it'll be, Sarah, before this vector is ready to test? But the worldwide push to get vaccines approved quickly leaves Byron Bridal uneasy. As a vaccine researcher, I, uh, you know, I, I preach the value of vaccines and, and my career is based on, on uh, developing vaccines. But literally we have questions that, that will remain unanswered if these vaccines are approved and rolled out that, that would not have been unanswered with previous vaccines. Questions like, can you still infect others after you get the shot? What rare side effects show up when it's more widely used, like the reports of allergic reactions? And most importantly, how long will the vaccines protect us? Vaccines are all over the board in terms of what we call duration of immunity. So that's how long after we've been vaccinated we'll be protected from the disease. Do we know that about these vaccines? Well to a very, very limited extent, right? So for example, I mean, these vaccines didn't exist eight months ago. And so my concern is, as it is with many immunologists, if the duration of immunity does not extend to years, but the rollout of the vaccines extends to years, this could be a bit of a disaster in the sense that while, while we're trying to uh, get all of the individuals in a population that couldn't be vaccinated in the first round, we could have the people who were initially vaccinated losing their protection and that would then allow the virus to simply start spreading again through the initially, initially vaccinated people. We went to the streets in Montreal to gauge how people are feeling. I'm very skeptical about that vaccine. I'm afraid. I think proper testing and proper trials should be made to ensure that the vaccine is safe to take. What's your concern? Uh, it's because uh, it's, we don't know what are we taking and we're not sure that this is really uh, going to be as helpful for us or for them. Yet as infections and deaths surge again, Canada's vaccine crusade has begun, based on early evidence showing they can stop the spread. In terms of risk-benefit, we are in the middle of a pandemic. I don't think we have the luxury at this point in time to wait much more. Dr. Carolyn Quash leads the National Advisory Committee on Immunization. They decide who gets the vaccines first. So who's at the front of the line? We would start with long-term care facility residents and their staff, followed by uh, uh, elderly people aged 80 over, and then going down by five-year 
window. And then those whose living conditions make them at higher risk of complications or disease. So indigenous communities, for instance, and remote communities as well. So at this point in time, um, having everybody vaccinated is, is not the, the first goal. The first goal is really to protect those that are vulnerable and those that are on the front line taking care of these patients. It's for individual protection at this point in time. What kind of pressure do you feel to get it right? I think we always feel the pressure to get our recommendation as right as possible, you know, knowing that nobody's perfect and it's possible that something that we don't know might come up at one point in time, but we do the best we can with the data we have. That plan has rolled out with military precision. Each vaccine has its own set of requirements. Some need to be stored in freezers. Some have limited shelf life. It will be tough getting thousands of doses to Canada's most remote places. And in every community, fragile populations need extra care. Finally, for most of the vaccines to work, the entire process needs to happen twice. There are two doses. So it is asking a lot more from people on the front line not to make mistakes. It's more than a challenge. It's, it's, I don't think it's ever been done before. There is a template that we use every year to vaccinate Canadians for um, seasonal influenza. But not on this scale but we're not vaccinating 35 million Canadians at once, right? So we're starting with 6 million in Q1. We're not expecting any other vaccines before Q2. The other vaccine candidates might be ready by summer, but that all depends on the clinical trials. The push to test and approve is already at breakneck speed. Every Canadian who wants a vaccine will get one, no matter where they live. Yasser Batalvi, the Canadian student in Boston, has already been through the process as part of the Moderna vaccine trial. I think I'm one piece of a very complicated public health solution to a pandemic. I know that there are folks who need to be able to trust that this vaccine is safe, and I'm happy to be able to be a representative in that way. And if the vaccines work, they might get Yasser back home. I would love to go home to visit my parents. Um, my sister, she just gave birth to twins, a boy and a girl. I would want nothing more than to go back. I haven't been home since February. Health Canada estimates that 3 million Canadians will be vaccinated by the end of March, up to 19 million by the start of summer, and that all Canadians will have access to the vaccine by the end of the year. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.